Please join in the prayer for illumination. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, so that the, as a scripture are read and your world is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elijah, Tell me, what may I do for you before I am taken from you? Elijah said, Please, let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses fire separated the two of them. Leisha ascended into the whirlwind into heaven. Leisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariot of Israel and his horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he gasped his own clothes and tore them to pieces. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome um, this Transfiguration Sunday and uh, the worship service has been so full already, uh, hearing the children uh, sing and witnessing the baptism of Killian. We are just so thankful to God. Our New Testament reading is Mark chapter 9, verses nine, 2 through 9. Listen for the word of the Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly they were they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, God. to God. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Use me, dear Lord, to speak your truth so all who hear might believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Today's sermon title is Listen to Him. Peter, James, and John are Jesus' inner circle. 
They were privileged to see the identity of Christ on other occasions. In Mark chapter 5, verse 37 and following, Peter, James, and John witnessed Jesus take the hand of Jairus' daughter, who was perceived to be dead, and commanded her to get up. The three disciples were amazed when the little girl got up and walked around. Further along, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verses 32 and following, Peter, James, and John are the companions Jesus takes with him at his worst and most vulnerable and apprehensive moment in the Garden of Gethsemane. As he fights back anxiety and agonizes over the inevitable persecution and death awaiting him in Jerusalem. Here, in Mark chapter 9, the scripture tells us that after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up a high mountain where they were alone, and there Jesus' inner circle of disciples witnessed his transfiguration. Note that the phrase, after six days, was in correlation to Jesus and his disciples previously traveling through areas of Caesarea Philippi and the conversations that took place during their travels. At that time when they were traveling, Jesus questioned the disciples about his identity. Who do people say I am? To which they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. But when asked directly, Peter responded, you are the Christ. Also six days prior to Jesus, Peter, James, and John ascending the mountaintop, Jesus foretold his death for the first time, and Peter privately rebuked Jesus for his prediction of his death. In turn, Jesus rebuked Peter in front of his fellow disciples. These conversations among Jesus and his disciples highlight the fact that Peter was able to identify Jesus as Christ. Yet neither Peter nor any of the disciples understood or could come to terms with the reality of Jesus' mission, his life, death, and resurrection. Peter, James, and John witnessed the miraculous transfiguration of Christ high on a mountaintop. The meaning of the Greek word for transfiguration is to become radically transformed. Jesus' clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And at that moment, Jesus' divine nature was revealed to the disciples and there appeared with them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. And let me tell you, that's when Peter sprang into action. Out of fear and, I'm sure, amazement, he seized the opportunity to capture the moment and said all that was on his mind. You remember what happened the last time Peter spoke all that was on his mind. He rebuked Jesus for predicting his own death, and Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan! Well, here we go again. Peter said, Rabbi, it would be good for us to be here. Let us make dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. What 
were James and John doing at that moment? They were probably scared speechless, but poor Peter should have read the room, or the mountaintop in his case. No sooner than when Peter finished his proposal to make three dwellings, a cloud covered them, and a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. The disciples, especially Peter, had not been listening to Jesus. Sure, they heard Jesus inquire about who people, including the disciples, said Jesus was, but they were not listening for the meaning behind the question. The disciples heard Jesus speak about the suffering and rejection he would experience at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, the, the scribes, but they were not listening for understanding. They heard Jesus say the Son of Man would be killed and raised three days later, but they were not listening. Therefore, they could not comprehend the reality of Jesus' prediction of his persecution, death, and resurrection. The voice from the cloud said, This is my son, the beloved, listen to him. Peter and the disciples, in their hearing, should have listened and understood Jesus' prediction of his death. Peter should have understood that suffering would be necessary to advance the kingdom of God. When faced with the possibility of suffering, Peter elected to maintain the transfigured status quo that would keep Jesus, and most importantly, those who believe in him, dwelling in a stationary and trouble-free spiritual existence on the mountaintop. Mark's unflattering account of Peter's uh, generous offer suggests that the disciples must listen to Jesus and not shelter themselves from a transformative imitation of Jesus' ministry. In our Old Testament reading this morning, Elisha was greatly rewarded because he listened to his master, Elijah, and was faithfully attentive to him. And 2 Kings 2 and 3 shows Elisha's understanding that his master would soon be taking, taken from him that day. Therefore, Elisha stayed by Elijah's side. Elisha was obedient to his master. And when the time had come, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. What a big request. You see, unlike Peter, Elisha was listening to his master and perceiving the reality of his departure. So when Elisha asked for the two, two, uh, twice the spirit of Elijah, he was investing in his spiritual future. Peter and the disciples, like many other Jews of their time, were looking for and awaiting the arrival of a long-promised Messiah. They were looking for a mighty warrior, a king, someone who would bring them the glory of years, yesteryears. They were not looking for a suffering servant who would die on the cross. 
Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the mountaintop to witness Christ in all his glory, dazzling white clothes reminiscent of the glory of God witnessed by Moses in Exodus 33 as God passed by and Moses caught a glimpse of his back. Also in Daniel 7 and 9 where an ancient one took his throne, his clothing was white as snow. Jesus took his disciples to the mountaintop where they, where they were in the presence of Moses and Elijah, representing the law and the prophets respectively. Jesus took his beloved inner circle to the mountaintop where they were covered by a cloud and heard the voice, this is my son, the beloved, the same voice and the same words heard at Jesus' baptism. Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the mountaintop to provide hope for the future in spite of the persecution and suffering they would endure as disciples of Christ. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Upon Jesus' resurrection, they would surely reflect on their witness of Jesus' transfiguration and gain renewed hope and strength to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. Beloved, God wants us to not only hear but listen to the message of Christ's life, death, and resurrection so we can have encouragement to spread the gospel and live with the assurance of eternal life. And so how do we hear from God and what does it mean to listen to God in today's world? Well, many voices try to tell us how to live and how to know God personally, and some of these are helpful, many are not. We must first listen to the Bible and then evaluate all other authorities in light of God's revelation. This scripture passage tells us to listen to him. God provided the manual for life, and it is the Bible. Read it and listen to what the Lord is saying. The word of God is the rule for living. It is the instrument by which we measure the world and everything in it, every situation, every decision we make, every conflict needing resolution, everything we do, we must do in God's good measure. Listen to him. He is our great counselor. So why would we trust and entrust our life and decision-making to anyone else? You know, misery loves company. Reflect on a time when you received bad counsel from a friend or acquaintance, and the moment you realized, what in the world have I done? Why did I listen to this person? I am worse off than I was before. The person, the people who do not listen to him will lead you astray. The person with the unwise counsel did not read the Bible or consult God through Jesus Christ for a solution to your problem. Who are you listening to? My great-grandmother often said, there's nothing new under the sun. And as a kid, I used to think, oh, what is grandma talking about? 
I didn't understand what she meant then, but as I grew older and wiser, I appreciated the statement more and more. There really is nothing new under the sun. And if you take the time to read the Bible, you will find this to be the case. In the Bible times, there were crimes and thieves and murderers and adulterers, idol worshipers, rich people, poor people, national and international wars and conflicts, bad things happening to good people, and bad people, as the saying goes, were getting away with murder, just the same as today. Listen to him. If you take the time to read and study the Bible, you will learn how to deal with the challenges of life as well as find joy in living life in Christ. Read the Bible, listen to him, and rely on God's good counsel in good and difficult times. How do we hear from God and listen for God's meaning in the world today? Through prayer. Last Wednesday night supper program, we heard an amazing presentation from Jesse Mejias of Sonadia Prayer Counseling. She talked about two-way journaling, where you journal your prayers to God, then listen and record God's response. You see, if we listen, God will speak to us, not only when we read the Bible, but also when we pray. Prayer is our one-on-one -on -one time with God where we can praise him for the miracles and blessings in our lives, or we can lament the struggles that we face from time to time. Prayer is marked by variety and encompasses petition, including intercessions for others, complaints, praises, thanksgiving, and confession. It can be verbal or nonverbal communication. As speaking to God rather than about God, prayer expresses most clearly what is believed about God and serves to effect the personal relationship that exists between God and his people. The two poles around which all forms of prayer turn are praise and petition. Praise is to honor and ascribe worth to God. Praise is regarded by the Bible as the response due to God from all creation because of his majesty and saving actions. Petition assumes that God hears requests made, that he cares, and that he is able to act in accordance with the petition. Petitionary prayer is first and foremost prayer for the coming of the kingdom and justice of God. When we pray, we pray listening, and God responds. Finally, when we read the Bible and we pray regularly, God reveals himself to us and answered prayers in other miraculous ways. God gives us our own mountaintop experience. God transforms hearts and minds into his humble servants. God equips us with the courage and strength to be his hands and feet of Christ, spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. High, on a mountaintop, Jesus was transfigured. The glory of God in Jesus Christ was revealed, and a voice from a cloud said, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Listen to him 
because your eternal life depends on it. Brothers and sisters, this is the good news today in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, are you ready to listen to God? If you are in need of a transformation and you have not uh, established a relationship with Jesus, now is the time to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Christ's church is open to all who come. This is the invitation to discipleship. Will you come? Will you come and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today? As you ponder that question, let us please stand if you are able and sing hymn number 306, Fairest Lord Jesus, found in the blue hymnal. <laughs> 